Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from self-doubt, limiting beliefs and disempowering patterns, and break through to create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. The show features interviews with entrepreneurs who've overcome amazing challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share insight and practical information to help you move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity so you, the introverted, mission-driven entrepreneur, consistently reach your biggest goals. Be sure to visit winnieanderson.com slash brain training to get the show notes, which include links to resources as well as the worksheet for this episode. You've probably tried affirmations, positive thinking, and other typically recommended solutions to release limiting beliefs and disempowering patterns, and I'm sure you've tried hard to change those patterns, but you've probably gotten frustrated and even depressed when your results are not changing. And if that's the case, then you're going to love this episode. Remember, my guests and I aren't giving you financial or health advice. The information we're sharing is for educational and entertainment purposes only. If you need help, be sure to seek out a trained professional, whether it's a financial advisor, tax professional, or a mental or physical health care provider. That being said, Holly Stokes, the brain trainer, is a three-time author and has more than 20 years experience in the field of applied psychology with NLP and hypnosis. She has worked with thousands of clients in rewiring the brain out of stress, cravings, sabotage, and the habits that keep us stuck. She has been quoted by Shape Magazine, Active Times, and the Chicago Tribune, and she appears on radio shows and local TV. She says, for everything you want to create in your life and health, career, it all starts with your brain. Listen in as Holly explains what hypnosis really is and how it's used as a healing modality, how hypnosis that's used for healing is different from the hypnosis used in entertainment, how we actually go through a type of hypnosis in our everyday lives, how to recognize you may need a hypnotherapist, and how to find the hypnotherapist that's right for you the definition of NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, and how it helps change behavior, examples of the power of language in our lives, and the one thing the mind can't argue with. As always, listen all the way to the end where I'll share your cocktail exercise and action step for this episode. All right, Holly, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for giving me some of your time. Thank you so much. I appreciate this. So as I mentioned earlier to you, yours was one of the sites that I've landed on and gone, oh my God, me too. I feel the same way. So I was so excited to, uh, to connect with you and get the opportunity to pick your brain a little bit and share your, your magnificence with the audience here. So let's just go ahead and dive right in. First, I'd like to hear a little bit about your journey. You know, tell us how you decided to make this your passion and your specialty and, and what brought you to where you are today. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't always a hypnotherapist. <laughs> Most people have a backstory. So I was actually working with at-risk teens in wilderness therapy programs. Okay. And I loved it because I could be outdoors every day and but it really gave it, me a window into psychology, what we do, our behaviors, not just about the moment, it's about our whole history. 
Um, so we had these teens, we were helping them. A lot of them had drug and alcohol addictions, uh, helping them build their self-confidence, their communication skills. And we were with them 24 seven. So psychologists would come in once a week, interview these kids, and then kind of give us as counselors their psychology homework for the week. Little Johnny needs to open up more, share his feelings. And so I saw that the kids, even though that they knew their pattern, they still struggled to actually create the change. And so we were still kind of, you know, supporting them in the background, but we saw that struggle. Um, so this actually led me to finish my degree in psychology. I wanted to help people. I wanted to um, be that positive influence. And while I was doing my coursework, one of my psychology professors was talking about the placebo effect. And this is that it's documented, in fact, all of our drug trials are based on this, that just by thinking that we're taking a pill, even if it doesn't have any medical value to it, but just by thinking about it, our body actually makes a change. So we're watching this video and there's um, this documentary is people going through mock surgeries and having the same result as if they had had the actual surgery. I know, right? So we get to the end of the video, and one of the last scenes was a man undergoing brain surgery with no anesthesia, Stop. talking to his doctors while they're operating, Stop it. and only using hypnosis. And I was blown away after the video. I'm like, hey, what was that? The psychology professor said, oh, that's hypnosis. We're not going to talk about it. I'm like, did we see the same video? Is that, right. <laughs> did, did you miss something? Yeah. I was fascinated. How is it that the body can actually, the mind can actually overcome body symptoms and even turn off pain just by using that focus or that, that intention? So I was hooked. I found a local school that taught both neuro-linguistic programming and hypnosis and I was hooked. I was, this is exactly what I wanted. How can we dive in and help people really create that inner change so that they can have a better result in the outer world? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I know. So much there. I could go on for weeks about, you know, when you think about that, I mean, the brain is just such a tremendous mystery in general. It continues to shock me, frankly, how little seems to be known yeah. about the brain and how so many doctors don't, you know, like general GPs, not I'm not talking about neurologists or that kind yeah. of thing, but just how so many doctors seem so incredibly uninformed about the brain and brain issues it's shocking to me it, it really is it's disturbing i mean when i was and when i had my accident back in 1999 i was in the hospital for a week considering you have a baby they kick you out my mom had gallbladder surgery like 10 years ago and they, they she, it was an outpatient kind of thing you know and i'm in the hospital for a week so you know it must have been pretty bad and one of the things I remember from being discharged was I met with this guy who I don't recall seeing ever before, but of course I had a head injury and I'm sitting there, which that alone, you would think they would say, no, we're not discharging you unless there's somebody else right here with you because mm -hmm. we want to make sure you get all this. 
But the one thing I remember was he, well, a couple of things. He never looked at me the whole mm. time. He's just leafing through pages and said, okay, so you have a head injury and uh, you have brain damage. And this is, this is the best you're ever going to get. What you are right now is the best you're ever going to get. And so, bye. Wow. I'm just like, wait, what? What, what are you mm-hmm. talking about? This is the best I'm, I'm ever going to be. I can't stop repeating myself. I see yeah. vision. I what just really outrageous when you think about everything that really was wrong and get me somewhere get me some help come on yeah shocking and well there's a lot of new information you know what we're learning about the brain is certainly um, becoming more we're learning more and more all the time and also getting the awareness of how powerful language is like that's a really great example of what people in authority, doctors especially, say how much of an effect it can have on people. Yeah. So it's definitely one of these um, pieces of awareness that's coming forward is that how we talk about things, the messages that we give to other people are so important, and especially for people in the healthcare industry, especially. Right, so, and I'm making notes as we talk. Yeah. So, uh, I, I do want to cover these two issues a little bit. So one is just the idea of hypnosis in general. I think so many people have these misperceptions about hypnosis in general. I know a few people who actually have the skill of hypnosis and they use hypnosis in their work. But, you know, we've got this old mental picture of a guy with a big watch and you're going to start yeah. clucking like a chicken when, right. when he counts to three or something. So can you just give us a, a nice overview of what hypnosis really is and why it is so powerful for helping people move past issues they might have? Yeah. Uh, Well, a lot of our misconceptions come from stage shows, you know, which are very entertaining. They call a bunch of people up to the stage. Um, So what they do on stage shows, they typically use confusion patterns. They call a bunch of people up to the stage. The hypnotist runs through confusion. And then the ones who go into kind of a dazed frame of mind and look to the hypnotist, those are the ones they keep. Everyone else, oh, you know. Um, So the thing that the uh, stage show is very entertaining. You know, I'll leave that to the entertainers. But in therapeutic hypnosis, we look at relaxing and focusing the mind. So it's really all your own mind's power. Um, and we're looking at whatever the mind is running automatically in the background. So I'm sure you've had the experience before. Like, I know what I need to do. I just can't make myself do it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Um, So part of it, at the conscious level, we're making our goals, we're setting our intentions, our plans, we have our, you know, I'm going to do these tasks, but what's going on in the background, even at that automatic level? So here's the thing is, well, hypnosis is well known for changing habits, stop smoking, overeating. Right. So we have habits in what we do, which are obvious, but then we also have habits in what we think and how we feel. So I like to call the unconscious mind the automatic mind. It's in charge of whatever's running automatically in the background. And we get that through our history, um, through different patterns that become then set on automatic or a habit. So hypnosis is a way of focusing your mind, your awareness, 
And then getting the automatic mind to switch its focus. So whenever it's been running in the background, we don't have to continue living with those old programs, with those old thoughts, with those old um, behave, you know, behaviors of the mind, those habits. I call them brain habits. We can just get it to switch when it's running. And then from there, it really opens up our freedom to do differently, choose differently, think differently, feel differently. And then from that base of how we feel, that's where we're taking action. Wow, that's really powerful. So is everybody a potential candidate for the use of hypnosis uh, as a therapeutic modality? Or are there some people that, you know, are more suggestible? That's, that Maybe that's one of those misconceptions. So how does that work? Yeah, everyone, because it's your own mind's power. So what we say in hypnosis, if you can follow directions and instructions, and we as hypnotists, hypnotherapists, we're looking to update your automatic mind. Let's give it some new instructions, give it some new things to start focusing on or doing instead. So usually when I meet with clients, we kind of have that uh, first part of the session is we identify, okay, what's your brain doing in the background? What do you want it to do differently? So it's really kind of a process of working together with the client to then help your mind make that switch. Okay. So everyone can really be hypnotized. Okay, and that that really does make a lot of sense, and I like the separation of there's the entertainment value yeah. and then there is the therapeutic modality yeah. and my assumption would be if somebody is coming to you for support they're coming to you for help they're going to be open to having you help them i mean they're i, I can't imagine maybe there might be some initial discomfort maybe but but i would i would think that i mean i know when i went for therapy after my car accident and i had a team of therapists physical therapists yeah. i had a a psychologist I went to, I would have done whatever because mm -hmm. I wanted to get better. So I'm coming to you as a professional. I realize this is a partnership of my getting better. You tell me what to do. I have to actually do it. So yeah, yeah. my guess would be that people who come to a hypnotherapist are open. Do you find that true for the most part? Yeah, there's a, an agreement that they're looking for answers. They want to make a change. And of course, you want to choose someone that you can trust, you right. know, that they have that professionalism, that um, recognition of creating that safe environment, that atmosphere. Okay. Um, and we also kind of think of hypnosis as kind of like magic, but we're actually going through states of hypnosis every day. So a good example is when you're driving down the street and you miss a freeway exit, your mind's just kind of wandering off or not really focusing in that moment. Yeah. That's a good example of a hypnosis state that we kind of get caught in. So a lot of people kind of have that misconception. It means I'm going to blank out, lose control, not remember, which isn't true in therapeutic hypnosis. I actually want your mind to remember. I want your mind on board with the change. Um, and then typically I'll also record sessions so you can continue using that to help keep your mind updated and keep your mind on track. Okay. So how does somebody know that hypnotherapy is a good option for them? Where is it sort of like a last resort or how do you make that conscious decision that 
you know, you know when you need a podiatrist, so how do you know when you need a hypnotherapist? Yeah. So will any brain habit that you notice, anything that's reoccurring automatically, reoccurring thought, reoccurring a negative habit, we can help the brain update and change that. Even reoccurring negative emotions, which are usually created from reoccurring negative thoughts. A good example is self-talk. Most people have some kind of negative self-talk in the background. Mine used to call me stupid. What'd you do that for? You're stupid. Right. You know, it's hard to make that traction forward if your mind is running these automatic habits or patterns in the background. So any of those are good indicators. Um, often if you find you're working with a coach um, and you're, okay, we have the goals, we have this is where I'm going to move forward, I'm going to do this, this, and this. Right. But as you're moving forward, you're still kind of dragging your feet, you're struggling. Those are good indicators that your mind has something in the background that's getting in the way. Yeah. So I call it sabotage. Part of me wants to, part of me doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we need to have a chat offline about <laughs> this as well. Because, sure. I mean, that's the nature of, of what I do. And, and oh, yeah. there comes a time when, for some people, they're still, you know, I give it my the best yeah, I possibly yeah. can. But some people really do get stuck. You know, I came to the realization during my recovery from my accident. And I think I said it happened in 1999. So we're recording this in 2019. This is my 20th anniversary. Mm, wow. Actually, Congratulations. Just, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, thanks. I, I feel like it is yeah. quite an accomplishment. It, the yeah. anniversary was actually March 7th, so mm. fairly, fairly uh, recent as we're recording this. And I came to the realization in that recovery process that, and I won't bore you with all the details, but that strategies that I had adopted as a kid mm-hmm. that allowed me to survive and even thrive in an abusive environment Mm. had reached a point where they weren't working anymore. They were now Mm. actively in my way. You know, perfectionism helped me to stay under the radar. Brene Brown refers to perfectionism as a shield. And Mm. that was my shield to avoid my mother's, you know, fury that, well, Mm. if I'll just be perfect, she can't be there for her to to yell at or, you know. As a six-year-old, that's a pretty big thought. But, of course, it wasn't working, but it was a pretty big thought for me to have. And then, so you become a perfectionist. And then at some point, we know that that's just a dysfunctional pattern that does not support life as an independent professional. Mm -hmm. Um, So how does someone then, okay, so I've got these issues. I'm not able, I've tried, right? I've, I've tried thinking hard. I've tried reading books. I've tried these strategies. I can't seem to get past them. I need, I I discover hypnotherapy somehow. How do I choose, because I I shared with you, I know several other people, and now I know you, who all use hypnotherapy in the work they do with their clients. And of course, they're niched, right? They have specific niches that they work in. So how do we find the right person for us? Um, I would say that first part, just making sure that there's someone that you can trust, that you feel that connection with, um, that they're listening to you, that they're hearing, you know, what you're talking about. Um, And so those are good indicators. And also, you know, uh, different professionals have different areas where they like to focus. Right. 
I tend to focus on building the inner self. Confidence and healthy life builds out of that as well. Right. Um, so yeah, looking for you know one of those areas. Um, but the field of hypnosis is so dynamic that we can switch it up, change it uh, according to the needs of the person. Um, and so as, along with NLP, neurolinguistic programming, it's very complementary to hypnosis. And someone with NLP background actually can make the hypnosis more targeted because there's different frame structures that we're looking for that may not have um, been in the teaching mod modules with hypnosis. So those are really good compliments. And then again, looking for what's their experience with the issue that you're looking for. Okay. But when we understand the layers of the mind and kind of those hidden structures, yeah. you know, like you're saying perfectionism, consciously I know nobody's perfect, but it's that kind of feeling level, you know, just I can't stop editing my book. I can, you know, I have to make sure everything is 100%, which has value and it can also really get in your way if you're, like you said, if you're an entrepreneur if you have to get things out of the door or hit those timelines, it can really have you tied up in knots and not enjoying, you know, the process of what you're doing. Yeah, that's a really great way to express it. And I talk about it as there's the the road to excellence, right? So there's there's the excellence, the striving to be tops in your profession and to always deliver a great product, whatever that, that work yes. product is, right? We're yeah. not saying be schlocky and be happy with being schlocky. Right. But right. but there's that limit or that that point where this has really become a serious problem. Whether it's, you know, I come from a corporate background, whether it's an employee who can't get something done this is a problem mm -hmm. or you as an independent yeah. professional can't let go and continuously tinker, 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 and you're not getting any clients because you're still tinkering with your sales process. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, there's, there has to be that happy point where you recognize, well, I'm just going to keep improving on it. It's like forgiving yourself or something there. Yeah. Giving yourself permission to be right. human. Yeah. 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 And that's actually what, yeah, that's exactly how I even express it, that you've just got to give yourself permission. Yeah. That this isn't good enough as in you're, uh, you're lame. This mm -hmm. is good enough as in I'm growing towards excellence and I'm growing towards being the best I possibly can yeah. be. So let's talk then about NLP. I think that anybody listening to this show it probably has heard of NLP, neurolinguistic programming. If nothing else, Tony Robbins is probably the most well-known, famous person, right, for using NLP. So can you just give us a little overview of what exactly that is and why it's so powerful? And I made some some notes while you were talking. I think we all have examples yeah. of it in our lives, but let's yeah. let's hear from the expert's definition. <laughs> so the best definition I like for NLP, neurolinguistic programming, well, we can even break down the word. Neuro refers to the neurons in the brain. Right. Linguistic refers to our language patterns. Just like we were talking about, you know, if a doctor says this is as good as you can do, it, it has an effect, right? Yeah. 
And then programming refers to our history. So these experiences, like you said, your childhood, then kind of cued your brain to see life a certain way, to see yourself a certain way, to adopt inner habits and patterns, and then also outer habits and patterns. So that we call programming. How has your brain been wired over time through your experiences? And I like the definition that NLP is about the brain's coding system. We have inner representations of how we see ourselves, how we see the world. Um, and they're kind of in the background of our files. So NLP is about understanding the brain's inner coding system and then tapping into it so that we can help the brain make a change and come out with a different response. So like you're saying, um, this example of I need to be perfect is a really good example of that. Over time, the brain picks up these, you know, as this response to what's going on in your situation. It says, oh, if I'm just perfect, then I'll be okay. Then I'll, I'll be safe. Then I'll be valuable. Then I'll be loved. Right. And so this becomes one of those inner rules in the background of the mind that even though at the conscious level we're growing and getting the updates, the unconscious mind doesn't get the update. It's still running off of the old rules that may or may not apply, usually don't apply anymore. So that's a really good example. The benefit with NLP, we don't have to go into a trance state. So if someone is feeling uncomfortable about hypnosis, Neurolinguistic programming is a really good option. We don't have to go into trance. We can help the brain recode that system through, um, through other exercises. I call it brain training. Let's help the brain create new patterns, new habits, and then automate it to do something different. So did I answer your Oh, go ahead. You did. You did. Okay. Yes. It was, it was fascinating. It was great. You, yes, you nailed it. And that whole issue of programming my god that's like a giant head slap moment that's yeah. exactly what it is right we we start out and this is the conclusion the layman's conclusion that i came to one night back in my office in where i used to live it's just like this this is exactly why i can't get what i want because it worked there and and the safety was an issue right mm -hmm. and even in corporate life there's a lot of dysfunction and a lot of uh, fear. Mm -hmm. Somebody else has control of your economic life. Uh, my first third of my career was spent in human resources. And we actually refer to termination, involuntary termination, as uh, capital punishment. Mm. Because you've killed somebody's career. Mm. And so with that kind of language and fear, really, mm. You know, jobs don't grow, great jobs don't grow on trees. And there's, there's that fear that if I do something wrong and I'm not in a healthy environment, I could lose my economic livelihood and my economic life. So, yeah, and, and this issue of programming, it does start in childhood, right? Yeah. As we react to the environment that we're in, and we get messages from that environment, including the media, etc. So let's talk though about this issue with language, because mm. I think it's so powerful. And it's, and just listening to you brings back so many things. I had a choice, right? We don't want to minimize that. I had a choice when that doctor said, "Well, this is as good as you're ever going to be." Yeah, I could have said, "You're right." I'm, I'm never going to get 
any better. I'm going to constantly repeat myself. And I know people who have had head injuries who have not had the, the recovery that I have had for mm-hmm. a variety of reasons. My reaction, because I'm a little hard head, my yeah. reaction when that doctor said that, okay, so I'm from Jersey. You can just imagine what my reaction was. <laughs> it was pretty much, you know, bite me. There's no yeah. way that I'm going to settle for this. There yeah. is no way. I'm 36. It's not going to happen. I'm not, I'm going to be, I'm going to get back to my old self. Yeah. I'm probably 90 to 95% of what I once was. And most people would never guess that there was anything air quote wrong with Mm -hmm. me. So how do we, and, and there are, I mean, the, when, and I'm, I know I'm kind of rambling at this point. I know that there are times when I've said things out loud and then they happen, right? And that's a little on the scary side. <laughs> I know also people who, there's somebody who, uh, who I adore. His name is Jeff Rock, and he is a fabulous coach. And he said something to me, and it's coming true now, mm-hmm. years ago. So talk about that magic, if you can, about... Yeah. The power of that happening and of language. I have a friend who who calls herself an idiot. It breaks my heart mm, because yeah. she's one of the smartest humans I've ever met. So, mm-hmm. can you talk about that language and the power of language? Yes, definitely. Language um, it's an integral part of NLP. In fact, it's the um, kind of the artist brush that any hypnotherapist is using. They're using language. Language is, has the ability to direct our mind and our focus. So, you know, a good example is um, don't think about a white elephant. And notice as you do, what is your mind picture? Right, right. Right, the white elephant. So really paying attention to how you're using language, both internally and externally. And when we do negatives like that, part of the mind doesn't get it. So if I tell clients, stop smoking, what are they picturing in their mind? Right. So we're picturing that smoking. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kind of think of that automatic mind, that unconscious mind. It really responds to images. It responds yeah. to imagery, symbolism, metaphor. In fact, Milton Erickson was studied in the world of NLP kind of came about because researchers wanted to see what makes some people successful and others seem to kind of spin their wheels. So they really studied who are the therapists who are getting this amazing success with people. And one was Milton Erickson. He was a hypnotherapist. So part of that is really pay attention to the words that you use. They matter. If you have that inner self-talk, I actually have a blog that, I, it's as you read it, it's designed to get you out of that negative self-talk. In fact, I heard Tony Robbins once said, your number one job is to manage the voices in your head. You know, we all yeah. talk to ourselves yeah. in some way internally. Yep. So how do we get them on board with being encouraging and supportive? Yeah. Um, rather than just being at the mercy of some of these patterns, habits that the mind has picked up. Right. So, yes, just being really clear with your language. What do you want? Instead of talking about what you don't want, really focus your language on what you do want. 
uh, where you are going, where you are headed. Um, as I work with a lot of people on confidence, really getting that clarity with your inner self and getting your, you know, tapping into your awareness, your gifts and your talents so you can be more effective in the world. As we look at that part of it, we also recognize that um, there's these inner habits and patterns, right? And the more that we focus on what we're creating rather than what has happened in the past, the more powerful and effective we are. So a lot of times we tend to define ourselves by the past. Even, you know, hearing people talk about being a survivor, they're still kind of not to diminish a journey that someone goes through. But the more that you can define yourself by the positive future that you want, the more power you'll find in, within yourself. Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? It, it makes a tremendous amount of sense. And I don't even really use the language of survival at this point, right? Yeah. Initially, because, yeah, I did survive. 33% of the people who have my kind of head injury are the ones who survive. So a large po- portion of the population does not make it. So, yeah, there was yeah. that point of I'm a survivor. And then there is the, well, I'm not going to stay in survival. I'm right. going to continue right. to get better, right? Yeah. And I wasn't even really fully focusing on that when I made that conscious choice to screw you. I'm not going to sit here and survive. I'm going yeah. to get better. I'm going to get back to where I was. And, yeah. and then some. I'm just going to keep accelerating and going. So right. so at that point, yeah. really start defining yourself by what you're becoming, not right. where you've been. Right? right? Even though the past can be useful to inform more about what we want. Yeah. 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 It was like the benchmark that I was using yeah. against. Yeah. Right? Like, okay, so I constantly repeat myself. And I didn't when I, you know, <laughs> before the accident, I want to get back to not repeating myself. So yes, I can see how that was reflecting on the past. Yes. But still, it was, I had to work towards getting mm-hmm. that back. And yeah, yeah, so for a a person with a head injury, it's this balance of understanding that that was probably the benchmark, and now you're trying to move past where you are to accelerate and achieve that that growth. So I think this is really fascinating, and what what I think I'm gonna so I'm gonna push a little bit here because I know what what the listeners are probably thinking there's this, because I hear this from people, right? There's this level of, well, this is just semantics. You're just playing games. You bet it is. And there's this this level of, well, I'm being realistic, right? That, so, so you've got the person who wants to become the six-figure business owner, the Mm million-dollar business owner, and right now they're looking at zero, so how do you how do you do this because I think I think it's a combination of you know because I was staring at somebody who couldn't function you know when I, looked mm. in the mirror, I couldn't function uh, effectively right but I was able to remember that I could so that helped give me the incentive to work past this but I think the business issue is an even more powerful one because you had some level of business success. You know, the audience that we're talking to today, most of them, I'd say 90% of them, are people who, who they're on their second or third career act. So they have some success, but they're looking at, I'm trying to build this business. So how do I manage to use this language in a way that's uplifting that doesn't make me feel like I'm just 
you know. Yeah. I don't know. So help us here. So yeah, um, part of this goes to, you know, affirmations. We've all probably had the experience with working with affirmations. When you say, I am a confident, powerful business owner. Right. If you're not 100% there, part of your mind in the background, no, you're not. You didn't have any clients this week. You know? <laughs> so it's kind of sets up this part of us wants to recognize reality. And sometimes if affirmations feel too far in the future, we don't want to be out of touch with reality, right? Yeah. So there's some simple language cues that we can use to start bridging this gap. Um, and your mind can't really argue with you. So I am, I can become a, a savvy business owner. I can find the avenues to reach the people that I can help. Okay. Right. I, so that word can opens up this okay. possibility. Yeah. So start using that. Your mind can't argue with possibility. Right. Right. I can find the people that I want to reach. I can have those conversations that make a difference in people's lives. So part of it, and especially as business owners, sometimes, especially if we're new to business, we haven't mapped this territory before. We don't even know what it looks like. But as we're using language that opens up this possibility, the other one I really like is in the process. I am in the process of learning to be a multi-million dollar business owner, right. you know, if that's if that's a goal. I actually recommend dialing back the goal a little I bit agree. so it's not overwhelming, right? Right. I right. can make $5,000 every month or yeah. starting wherever you need to kind of push that zone yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, and then allowing yourself to be in that process. No child really got on a bike and just started running, you know, rolling down the street with, uh, you know, mountain biking, popping wheelies and stuff. We all had a process. And I really like using that metaphor for any area of life, whether it's learning about your health, how to keep your life, your uh, body and health and balance, whether it's creating positive, supportive friendships or connections, whether it's managing your money, whether it's growing a business, everything has a process to it. And the more that we can kind of relax and enjoy that process, the better time that we're going to have with it as well. Yeah, so, and focus on that issue of becoming, right? Yes. That I am I am in the process yes. and every, you know, every mistake brings me that much closer. I'm learning more about fine tuning. I'm yeah, so I, it really comes down to kind of what you're focusing on, right? Just Definitely. like you're either focusing on the clouds or the sun. And, and that is that is semantics because you had mentioned that before, isn't this just semantics? Yes, it is. But our words matter. Our right. words direct our mind and our automatic mind. Sorry to... No, no, no. That's, great. That's brilliant. That's brilliant <laughs> because it's not just semantics. Yeah. That's the whole point. It's, it, it, it is semantics and, and there's no reason to go to blow it off. It is yeah. so critically important. It's like the placebo effect. How many people dismiss the placebo effect right. and they're missing this amazing power of your mind to heal your body, to repair things, to yeah. find answers and tap into your potential. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching a commercial, you know, I was watching TV and a commercial came on because of course there are all these commercials for all these drugs and you can't watch any show without being bombarded with them. And, and I'm always listening for the fine print, you know, 
and I, it was one, I don't even remember what it was, but it was talking about how this performed better than the placebo or whatever. And I'm like, well, yay for you. But that means that I could just sit here and practice the think system and, and try right. and get better than, so why would I want to take a drug? Right. So yeah, no, well, this, this has really been, this has really been f fascinating. And so God, I could have gone, I could go on for hours in so many different, different ways. And, and I did have some things that I had planned to ask you, but I think we've hit most of them. But I, I just want to glance at my questions here to make sure that, okay, so let's, let's talk about, if we can, some of these, these negative patterns. Mm -hmm. And, and of course, we're not MDs, we're not giving individualized advice, your mileage may vary, contact yeah. a professional and get medical help if you need it. Okay, so right. that being said, let's talk about some of these dominant negative patterns that we get in because I think that language issue, I'll tell you how I did it, right? And you can feel free mm -hmm. to critique me as I did it. So back in my mid-20s, I want to say, I was not the person that is with you today. I was miserable. I had like a quarter-life crisis. I realized that, man, unless I was at work, I was, I was miserable, right? I loved my job. I had, I was, I was at one point when this happened, I was a secretary, and I was in between finishing my degree. I was a secretary at a corporate fitness center, greatest frigging job ever. Um, so much fun, such great people. I loved it, and outside of work, I was miserable. Well, at some point, you have to realize that I'm miserable. Why am I miserable? And I started to really tune into what I was saying. And that was when I first became conscious of the fact that, why am I so negative? Why do I say the, and, and this was a pattern, that I would just automatically think negative thoughts, say negative things, and I started to like, dawn on me that, you know what, I'm really miserable. What in the heck is going on here? And then one night, in the middle of the night, I got up to go to the bathroom, stubbed my toe, and called myself stupid. And in that moment, it was like a giant blinding flash of the obvious. Like, I hit my toe. I'm not stupid. Right? Other people hit their toes. Right. And, and if my if if my husband at the time had hit his toe, I wouldn't say, "Well, you're a jerk." I mean, I just, I just wouldn't have come into. Why would do that to others? <laughs> like, right? Yeah. So why why are we nicer to other people yeah. than we are to ourselves? So I think that. Do you think that people who then pursue this as okay, I need help? Do they have that kind of some kind of epiphany kind of moment? Back to the when do you realize that I really do need help? Well, if there's some pattern that you're struggling with that you uh, that you want to change, that's a good indicator that you can, you know, the NLP or hypnosis will help get out of that pattern. Um, and I think just like you're saying, it's uh, it's an part of it's an awareness. So sometimes we're kind of doing the same thing, and we don't even recognize that we have these inner patterns. A good example of this is procrastination. 
So, you know, when you talk, people recognize procrastination. I know what I did, I need to do. I'm not following through. They're not kind of connecting those dots in the background because what's kind of keeping them from doing, you know, following through on your phone calls or following through on contacting people, what's, what our mind is doing, we're avoiding something. If we're avoiding something, our mind has a reason for it. You know, I'm avoiding making phone calls because I don't want to sound stupid because I'm worried that I'll get rejected because there's, so there's all of this background stuff that the mind is doing. Um, and so any, any time that you feel stuck, any time you recognize that you have a pattern you want to change. And a lot of times, I mean, it was great that you were able to make that awareness. Hey, I'm doing this to myself. You know, why am I putting myself down just for some small things? So if you can start changing that, yes, by all means, start taking control of your, your awareness and how you're talking to yourself. One of the things we say to ourselves, we wouldn't dream of saying to other people, I right? I know. We're so and mean. if it feels, go ahead. No, we're, we're just yeah. so mean to ourselves. <laughs> well, our brain has learned it from somewhere, you know, like, oh, if I put myself down, then it keeps other people from attacking or, or criticizing me. There, there's different patterns. Most of them, you know, we picked them up as a kid and they made sense for that time. But as an older, wiser adult, we're not really embracing our full of talents, abilities and giving ourselves the credit to really help us take charge of where we are and really move forward. So yeah, that awareness piece, start changing it. And if you do notice a pattern or a habit at your not making traction with, yeah, go visit a professional. NLP, hypnosis are these amazing ways of really identifying that background information. Sometimes we have no idea what it is. I just feel stuck. I just don't know why I feel this way. Yeah. So those are all good indicators. Do you think it's important to get to the root of the issue The because this is programming, this did happen early on, uh, we're watching um, a movie that's several years old. It's called Rebel in the Rye. And it was about uh, J.D. Salinger and his, his early life to writing Catcher in the Rye and then a little bit beyond that. And it really showed how these big moments in his life and big moments in his parents' lives and how they influenced the, the influence, the, uh, moments in his parents' life influenced their parenting and the things that were said. And, you know, often those things can be really hurtful. Of course, the, our parents are repeating their yeah. own pattern and, and they're saying these things, maybe their word choice could be better. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're saying this with the intent not to hurt. Yeah. Really. We're going to give yeah. them the benefit of the doubt, right? They're right. saying this with the intent to help you, stay safe to help you what what they say is be more practical because of course they're worried about you right so yeah, yeah. so how important do you think it is to get to that root issue is it possible to just move forward without going back and going that's why i'm stuck doing this stuff mm-hmm. so i would say yes and yes okay um, so sometimes if the mind's really holding on to uh, a pattern there's usually some root issue that needs to be addressed. Um, And, you know, we can 
help the brain kind of get around that and create something different there. Typically, the things that really keep us stuck is someplace we made a choice. Kind of like you were recognizing, you know, over, through that um, history where you grew up, your brain said, okay, I am make, I'm doing this pattern. I'm being perfect for a reason. Being perfect means I'm safe. So sometimes if the brain's really holding on to a pattern, um, identifying unhooking that root cause is very effective. And then also some things are just habits and associations that we can, that are very kind of simple level. We can just help the brain make a shift. So one uh, example of this, I was teaching healthy lifestyle classes. It was week four of the class. All my ladies filed in and took their seats. I'm like, all right, great, welcome. Now, what were you guys doing for exercise? Nobody wanted to make eye contact or like staring at the floor, just like the silence. So I just let the silence hang there for a minute. And then finally one of my clients, she raised up her arm. If we like to exercise, we wouldn't be here. You know, so, yeah. so I'm like, oh, okay, NLP, what are you guys thinking and feeling in the background when you think of exercise? Sweaty, hard work, yuck, embarrassing. So that all comes from our history. You know, if you're feeling embarrassed when you go to the gym, how motivating is that? So those are associations, and it's not some sinister, you know, background to that. It's just the collection of what of the experiences we've had. Our brain creates positive and negative associations to these things we experience. So sometimes it's more of a very simple level association change, helping the mind create new habits or giving it a new focus while you're doing those exercises so you can start enjoying it. Yep. As a kid, how many of us would run just for the sake of running? I mean, we, you know, I remember really loving that and having games and totally got my exercise without even having to think about it, right? Yeah, because then it was play. It yeah. wasn't yeah. exercise. Right, it right. Was so a lot of things we can just do, you know, habit, association change, pattern changes, and then things that just really feel like dialed and stuck in there. There's ways of getting the brain to unhook those and, and move forward. So. Yeah, and, and to me, and I may, I, again, I made a couple, of, I have an entire page here of notes from <laughs> just listening to you. So two big things jump out at me that I think are super painful for us, especially as women. And then there's one other yeah. thing I'm going to make a note of because I want to ask you about this as well. I could go on seriously for days. So I think a big part of this, and I might be projecting here, I think a big part of this comes down to self-love and believing you are worthy of what you want. I totally agree. So when I work with people, we actually look at five different metrics and worthy is one, deserving is one. Not only do we kind of get, you know, there's traditional ideas going around about women still in our culture, but we also get a lot of other programming. Some people are more worthy and deserving than others. Uh, your salary equates right. to what you're worth, charged with what you're, what you're worth. I totally disagree with that statement. Kind of yeah. pull them apart. Yeah. What you are worth is infinitely valuable. Exactly. So, yes, the more that we can update those inner evaluations yeah. um, and kind of uh, 
make that playing field horizontal because in every culture it seems we have some hierarchy or of who's worthy and deserving and who's not we have this hierarchy but that's not really the truth i mean as humans we're all in this amazing experience of living thinking perceiving being a part of this miracle of life and we're going to say that some people are more worthy than others or some people are more deserving than others like so the more that we can um make that playing field horizontal hey we're all souls in the human journey we're all here to share our gifts and talents and help each other along the way then do you have to really feel do you feel intimidated when you're talking to a ceo of a company if you have that as the background hey we're all humans in this human experience right and i can respect your knowledge for what you know and I can also respect myself for what I know. And then we have better connections this way. Yes. Sorry, I know I probably went on a soapbox there. No, but. no, I, I love it. I'm on the same soapbox you are. Absolutely, <laughs> okay. absolutely, this is fabulous. So the, I guess I think the one final thing that I'd like to leave folks with before we, we turn it over to where they can go to get more information. Um, Okay, two. One is this is really a modality, we'll call it, without boundaries, right? I mean, thank God there's technology the way there is, as annoying as it can sometimes be, because I don't have, I can, you know, I'm kind of geographically impaired where I live right now, but I don't have to be impaired because technology, you can work with anybody, right? You don't have to be physically located where somebody is in order to access a professional to work on NLP issues or experience hypnosis as a modality. Is that right? That's right. We meet just like we're meeting here and talking. So it's like having that conversation, you know, even though there's a computer between you, it, we can, I've had those conversations all over the world. Um, so this is great that where you are, yeah, geographically doesn't make a difference. You can still access, um, you know, amazing resources and connect with people very simply and easily online. Yeah, and I think this issue of deserving worthy is so huge because I've had people who I have, uh, I'm going to air quote, conf confronted, right? Yeah. You say you want X, but you're not doing any of the things that could even potentially help you get X. Mm -hmm. I can't help you if you are not going to take the actions that could lead to X. X doesn't happen overnight. X requires right. effort. It requires whatever it is that X requires. Mm -hmm. You're not doing any of those things. I cannot help you. Mm -hmm. And it pains me to watch and try to work with someone who won't take those actions. Mm -hmm. So as, and so many of the folks who follow this show and listen and watch are coaches, consultants, healers, other kinds of professional solution providers, I, I refer to them as. I know at some point, I hate to say fired, at some point I will break up with a client. Mm -hmm. If that person, uh, if I'm unable in my bag of tricks to, to get the person to take action, because so many people say, I need help, I'm ready for help, but don't actively participate in their own solution. 
Yeah. How do you, what, so what should we do? Should we, do we need to, to tell those individuals, you need help, more help than I can give you? And how can we, what can we do to send them on their way to get help? That, yeah. You know, I want to fix everybody and I can't. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, well, I, I think that's a really good point to recognize. At what point, when you're working with someone as a coach, are they just not getting that traction that they need? Typically what's happening, you know, that sabotage, I, consciously, I know what I need to do. I, I'm, I just can't, I'm not make, taking those steps, you know. Like if you want to learn to ride a bicycle, you got to pick up the bike. Right. So what is it that the person is avoiding the bicycle, right? Um, so those are good places or distinctions to say, hey, you just really need this one, you know, you need to resolve what this uh, sabotage is. And I think that's, um, as a professional, as a coach, where you really want people to have the result and really wanting to help them is to create uh, those relationships with hypnotherapists, NLP people, that you can refer them and we can unhook the sabotage and I'll send them back to you. You know, any hypnotherapist, NLP person that really is, uh, that's wanting to help people grow, they would have that respect to send them back your way, right? To continue their process. So I would say those professional relationships are really good to build and create that network and I think it's uh, wonderful that you recognize, hey, we're just, you know, it, coaching services, they do take time, they do take money. And at what point are people just not getting the traction that they need? So usually those things are those hidden um, cages that most people have in the background. I can't move forward because I'm not worthy, I'm not deserving, because my family said none of us could succeed, whatever those inner cages are that keep us from moving forward. So I think that's a great distinction, finding those professional resources and then creating those relationships. Because yeah. we all just really want to see people succeed, like you said, you know? Right, right, yeah. I could go on for days. <laughs> this has been well, really... I'd love to chat again. <laughs> yeah, I, I would too. This has really been fantastic, absolutely outstanding, such great information. Please do everybody a favor and, and explain where they can go to get more information. You really do have a great website with tons of great information. So send them where you want them to go to learn more. Excellent. Um, so if you go to The Brain Trainer, LLC, so that The, T-H-E, Brain Trainer, LLC.com forward slash motivation. Uh, sign in there, you'll get a free download. It's the Instant Motivation Kit, and it'll help you start learning how to tap into your internal world to make that uh, bump up your motivation just by thinking about it. So there's a download, there's an audio, there's an e-booklet there, and, um, or, <clears throat> yeah, so that's, that's probably the best place to get started. Okay, and then, great. Yeah, and if you're, Anyone out there listening, you're welcome to call and get a free consultation. And on the website at thebraintrainerllc.com, you'll see a button for schedule a free consult or a session. 
Super, and we'll have links to uh, to all of that as well, so people who who are driving don't have to go. Wait, what was that? And uh, you can just come on back to the episode and and get the show notes and get the links there, and we'll include all the other places online where Holly is, so you can track her down and connect with her. This has been an awesome, awesome episode. I'm so thankful that we thank connected you. and that you were able to spend so much time with me today. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a lot of fun. All right. I hope you found that helpful. Holly is just a joy to talk with. If you like this episode, please share it with your connections. Please leave a great review for it on the platform where you consumed it, and be sure to subscribe either on that specific platform like iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, or you can subscribe to the video version on my YouTube channel. When you subscribe on my website at winnieanderson.com fans, you'll get episodes emailed to you each week along with the corresponding worksheet for that episode. In addition to the episodes, you'll get information, tips, and resources to help you sell your services, even though you hate selling, stand out as the unique solution provider you are, and get your message out in a more powerful way so you profit from your expertise. All right, so your cocktail exercise, otherwise known as a reflection exercise, no alcohol needs to be involved, don't drink and drive, don't overindulge. All right, so your reflection exercise is really to think about what you want to achieve and why you're not achieving it. Do you know what you need to do and you just don't do it or don't do it consistently? At some point, you have to ask yourself why and you have to acknowledge that you need help. And of course, you then have to get that help and embrace it. Think long and hard about what you may be resisting and why you're staying stuck in these patterns. And your action step. This is actually two steps, maybe even three steps, but you get the point. I want you to begin to tune into what you're saying to yourself and what you're doing. Buy a pack of those elastic hair ties, you know, the black elastic bands that you use to put your hair in a ponytail or some woman you know uses them to put her, her hair in a ponytail. Buy the pack that has a lot of them, like a dozen. I want you to put them all on your right wrist. Then every time you say or think something negative about yourself or you rationalize why you're not taking action, I want you to move the band from the right wrist to the left. Then at the end of the day, I want you to see how many you have. And then, of course, you need to reflect on all this. How are your thoughts and actions keeping you from achieving what you keep saying you want? Are you really ready to achieve your goals or do you want to just keep saying you want to? Are you afraid of confronting what's blocking you? And maybe you're afraid of success or failure. Now, if you liked this episode and you thought it was helpful, please share it with your connections. Remember, if you're an introverted solo professional or someone with introverted leanings, you're ready to reach your business goals as part of a community of like-minded and like-personality professionals, then head over to winnieanderson.com slash join the group and join my Courageous Success community on Facebook. It's for introverted, mission-driven entrepreneurs, and it's where I share tips and strategies to help you choose faith over fear and take consistent action to achieve your goals. Thanks for listening, and remember, you deserve all the success you dream of.